0: One man's trash is another man's treasure. I can tell that some of you have heard that before. It's an old adage dating back at least to the 1860s. It means that some people may not want, may not be interested in a particular item, but others might value that exact same thing. One person, for example, may not want a particular painting, may not like the way it looks, might prefer that it gets out of his house, while someone else might like that painting very much, might want it in a a prominent place where he's going to see it often. One man's trash is another man's treasure. We're we're kind of hoping here at church that there would be a little of that as we gathered up a whole bunch of stuff in the basement that we weren't really using that the the people who work around here were pretty pleased with the idea of let's just get it out of here even if it means the dumpster but wondered if perhaps others might are Members or guests might find something down there that would be useful, would be valuable to them. Might not call it treasure necessarily, but at least something that they might get some value out of. Some things are like that. Some things are a matter of opinion like the paintings. Which painting do you like or not? Some things are valuable to people because they have a particular expertise or a particular need. And they would be useless to someone without those needs or without the expertise as to how to make use of it. Some things are like that. One man's trash is another man's treasure. One man's treasure is another man's trash. Do these things have value? Maybe. It depends who you are. But not everything is like that. This morning in the verses of our second reading, Paul is talking to us about treasure and about trash. And it seems like what he describes here is how people can approach the question of value in two very different ways. Except here, the debate is not a matter of opinion, or it's not a matter of, do I have expertise or the proper situation or not? No, Paul is trying to explain to the Philippians, as well as to us, that there are some things that are far more valuable than others. He's trying to have us truly prize what is really treasure. And if we're going to do that, first we have to recognize what true treasure is. We need to recognize what really has value. So in order to show us what really has value, what is true treasure, Paul first dismisses all the other things that people have thought or taught Had value. Paul was dealing with, and the Christians in the city of Philippi were dealing with people who put a lot of value in outward things, in fleshly matters. Some false teachers that we would refer to as the Judaizers. We're telling people, insisting that Christian men needed to be circumcised, and that along with circumcision, there were a whole bunch of things that Christians really needed to do in addition to just knowing who Christ is. So, to make sure that everybody understood his point, Paul first kind of played along with those Judaizers. He said, if you want to look at these things from an outward perspective, if you want to consider the way uh, that all these Old Testament laws really helped people out, well, then why don't you take my example? And he listed his outward fleshly qualifications. You think it's important to be circumcised. Well, I was circumcised. On the eighth day, which all faithful Jewish families had their boys circumcised on the eighth day that was true for paul it may not have been true for all of the Judaizers. likely some of them had converted to judaism later in their lives trace your lineage all the way back to the tribes of israel paul could do that too and he was from the tribe of benjamin which had, uh, had this going for it, that it wasn't scattered like so many of the tribes were. Benjamin was a little bit more intact than many. Paul was a, a Pharisee. He was the best of the best as far as following laws and being respected. Paul showed how zealous he was for the Jewish faith by persecuting Christians when he believed that Christians were perverting that faith? Paul said that he could match up favorably to anybody who wanted to try to compare their lives according to God's Ten Commandments, according to the rules and regulations that people would think of. And then having laid out all these qualifications, Paul said, they're all useless. Throw them out. At one time, he would have considered all of them valuable, but now he didn't. Now he knew those things were actually a loss rather than a gain. They were a loss because if he focused his attention if he put his confidence on those things, he'd be focusing his attention in the wrong direction. True treasure was to be found in only one place, and that was in Jesus Christ. And so everything else, all of those things that Paul had listed, anything else that anyone could come up with to consider, it all needed to be thrown out they weren't worth anything they weren't worth anything at least not in the long run this is the true treasure that jesus christ had given paul righteousness through faith paul didn't need to do anything he didn't need to be anything he didn't need to earn it he didn't need to deserve it it came from jesus it didn't come from paul And that's the treasure that we prize as well. But our sinful natures try to hold on to other things. Something else, maybe anything else. Still we hear the the voices in the world around us claiming that our worth can be found in places like outward success or beauty or riches or other things as well. And to treasure those things, that can be a particularly sharp temptation for the people who know that they have these things, for people who have been blessed in these particular ways. So I think we should go ahead, make a list of those things which other people might tell us to rely on, what we might use to convince ourselves that we should get some credit for them what could you claim to your credit i'm here i go to church in fact you know what i go to church just about every week i help in the kitchen i sing in the choir i direct the choir i play the music People tell me, what a, what a sweet and caring and helpful person I am. They tell me that all the time. Should we, should we keep going? Find some more examples. I've had success at work. I've had success at school. I've saved up my money. I've got a nice house. I've gone to Christian schools for many years. Some of these things, really most of these things are, in fact, amazing blessings from God. They're they're things that we should be thankful for, thankful to God for. But if we put them in the category of how we know that we have a good relationship with God, or if we start to focus on them, we start to put our confidence on them, then they're trash. They need to be thrown out with the garbage. Our translation uses the term rubbish. I'm not sure that's a word that I usually use. Maybe you do, but it gets the point across, doesn't it? Rubbish, the, the word that's translated here, really means anything that should be thrown out of the house the kitchen scraps, the animal messes, the dirt, the dust, all the broken stuff, the stuff that's not used anymore that should be carried to the curb and gotten rid of. Oh, other people may prize those things, but we can't. Other experts might tell us that the best way to improve our lives is to focus on these sorts of avenues. But God tells us that we've got something much more valuable. So valuable that it's hardly worth comparing to those things. We have a Savior. We have Jesus Christ who lived a perfect life in our place. We have His shed innocent blood. We have His righteousness, perfection a right relationship with God, it comes from Him as a, as a free gift to us with absolutely no strings attached. It's ours because God has led us to faith in Him. Through, through His Word, He's, He's baptized us in His name. He's, He's fed us with Christ's own body and blood. We need to recognize the true treasure that is ours. It kind of makes me think about some videos that I've seen. Maybe you've seen something like it or or watched the shows that they come from where where somebody takes an item off of their dusty shelf, brings it to an expert who's going to tell them how much this is worth. And the person hopes, you know, it's been taking up space, but maybe I can get a, a couple hundred dollars for it. They don't know if it's valuable or not. Maybe, after all, it's time to just chuck it into the waste bin. But you know the ones that get the the video highlights, the exciting ones, the few examples where the, the expert says, I've never seen anything like this. And this is worth thousands? millions the face lights up maybe even some tears start to form in their eyes they absolutely had no idea that they had such a valuable treasure but that's exactly what it was they needed the real expert to tell them we need a real expert to tell us too We're not going to go to the Judaizing experts. We're not going to go to those Jewish leaders we heard about, the ones who rejected Jesus just like the the farmers in Jesus' parable. We're going to go to one expert, and that is our God, who tells us what a valuable possession we have in our hands through faith. It's not worth thousands of dollars. It's not worth millions of dollars. It's even more valuable than that. It's worth righteousness. It's worth resurrection. It's worth eternity. It's the gift of heaven itself. And once we recognize what is is truly valuable, we will, of course, want to pursue it. Paul confesses in these verses that he's not reached the end. He hasn't arrived at his goal. He knows, he says, all too well the sufferings of Jesus. Paul had suffered for his faith. Paul had suffered because he was a friend of Jesus but the resurrection was still to come. Paul's not expressing doubt when he says something like this in the hope that in some way I may arrive at the resurrection from the dead. Paul's simply stating the truth, that he doesn't know the details. He doesn't know the timing. He doesn't have every answer that people uh, might ask or to the questions that they might ask. What is heaven going to be like? What is this resurrection going to look like? We know a lot about it, but we don't know all. So this is what Paul does. He puts his focus and his effort and his energy on what is truly valuable. He reaches and he strains for and he strives for the goal of knowing Jesus better and sharing him with others. He looks at that finish line like, a, like an Olympic athlete, an Olympic sprinter who doesn't move his head from straight ahead so it doesn't slow him down by looking another direction or by being distracted by the crowd. He knows how valuable it is. And he knows, Paul knows, That he doesn't need to win it. Jesus has already won the prize for him. But see what threatens to snatch that prize away. Paul talks about suffering, he talks about death. He says, forget what is behind because that can only be a distraction. How does someone strive for a heavenly goal knowing that Jesus has already purchased and won it for us? We do that by focusing on it, by receiving the gifts that God gives to us, that He gives us in His Word and in His sacrament. We do that by remembering that all the other stuff, all the other aspects of our life are absolutely worthless when it comes to reaching heaven things that other people might think are trash it's not true it's not a waste of time for us to take an extra share of our sunday mornings to devote it to sunday school and bible study it's not an infringement on our personal lives to devote a Wednesday in Lent to gathering once again for a worship service? One week from today, we begin our annual week-long celebration of and commemoration of Jesus' suffering and death, what our Savior has has done for us. We call it Holy Week. Don't miss this chance to walk with your fellow believers through that week with special services on Sunday and Thursday and Friday. And then don't miss what comes at the end, the best Sunday of them all, the celebration of an empty tomb and a life that lasts forever. And don't miss the opportunity to invite others to celebrate along with you either. There are circumstances where one man's trash is another man's treasure. In this case, there's one treasure. Anything else, no matter how valuable it seems, is as worthless as trash. Prize the true treasure. Hold on to Jesus, your Savior. Press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus has taken hold of you. Amen.